Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, February 25th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Harvey Weinstein has been found guilty of rape by a New York jury, but acquitted of the most serious charges against him. U.S. energy stocks are performing at a low not seen in nearly 80 years, and HP has announced plans for a $16 billion buyback program as it claims to be engaging with its much smaller rival, Xerox, in deal talks. But first, with the coronavirus spreading further beyond China's borders, the fear of slowing growth hit global stocks on Monday. The FT's Colby Smith will explain. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. It was a pretty rough day for U.S. investors and and global investors uh, more broadly. So U.S. stocks had their worst day in about two years. And at the same time, um, you had U.S. treasuries and other safe haven assets doing quite well in response to fears that the outbreak, the coronavirus outbreak, was spreading beyond China here. So, for instance, the U.S. 10-year benchmark treasury fell actually to its lowest level since 2016, and it's just a few basis points shy of its all-time record low. And that's a massive move just in in recent weeks, really, since the beginning of the year. We've seen yields fall quite dramatically. So this is just a continuation of that trend and an escalation, really. And at the same time, you had the yield curve, which tracks the difference between short-term yields and long-term yields in the U.S. That turned negative or inverted. And investors pay attention to that because it has happened before every U.S. recession in the last 50 years. Now, it's been kind of toying with this inversion for the past few weeks. But yesterday, it it moved pretty deeply into negative territory. And the the story the U.S. bond market is telling is a bit different from what the stock market is telling. So something that's really confounded investors here is the fact that you had U.S. equities really hitting all-time highs. It was one record after the other at the same time that you had bonds rallying as well. And now that's not typically how these relationships work. When equities are doing really well, bonds tend to sell off. But those two markets have been telling very, very different stories about the state of the U.S. economy and the state of the global economy more broadly. So with equities at all-time record highs, people were thinking, okay, maybe things are going to be okay. You have the Federal Reserve, the U.S. Central Bank, stepping in and providing monetary policy as needed. And then you had the bond market saying something very different, flashing a recession signal, and certain investors saying that growth concerns are going to get so pronounced that the Federal Reserve was actually going to have to ease monetary policy even further. They did that three times last year. They cut interest rates three times for a total of 75 basis points. If they're going to have to move again, that would signal that there were much bigger concerns with the global economy. The coronavirus has had a hand in another struggling market, U.S. energy. Brent crude, which has been hit by the outbreak, is trading at $56 a barrel. It's down 15% this year. Meanwhile, U.S. natural gas prices are close to historical lows. U.S. energy stocks are now underperforming the S&P 500 by the biggest margin since the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor in 1941. But the coronavirus isn't the only one to blame here. Producers have helped create this bearish price backdrop. Considerable supply increases have taken U.S. oil and gas production to record highs. This comes even though the pace of growth in demand has slowed. All the while, shale producers have burned through hundreds of billions of dollars of borrowed money. And so, investors have retreated from a sector that seemed to prioritize output growth over long-term profitability. 
One strategist told the FT that the need and cost of addressing climate change is also partly to blame, and that it's, quote, difficult to come up with a long-term investment case for U.S. energy. Yesterday, Harvey Weinstein was escorted out of a New York courtroom in handcuffs. This came after a jury found the former movie mogul guilty of sex crimes, including rape. The case was viewed as a landmark legal test of the Me Too movement, which grew out of allegations of sexual misconduct against Mr. Weinstein. The FT's Anna Nicolau is covering the trial for the FT. She has more. It was a mixed verdict, but in essence, they decided to charge him as guilty on two of the five counts he was charged with. And those two counts were first-degree criminal sexual assault and third-degree rape. Those were serious charges, of course. They're they're criminal charges, but they weren't the absolute worst-case scenario. Right. But they still hold a sentencing of between 5 and 25 years in jail for Mr. Weinstein. What were some of the more serious charges that he was facing? The most serious one was it's called predatory sexual assault. And that basically means that you've assaulted two different people at least. So you need to you need to kind of combine different witnesses to get that result. Um, they did not come to that conclusion. Uh, there, there was kind of some speculation about the actress Annabella Sciorra, because she testified even though she wasn't part of the two main charges. And so basically she was added on to the other two charges as the second person who could have qualified for him for predatory sexual assault. So the implication is that not everyone in the jury believed her because the thing is it's a criminal case, meaning they did a unanimous decision on everything to, to find him guilty. So that means that there, there was some dissent among them on some of the charges, but they were able to agree, all 12 jurors, that he did commit two sex crimes. And so for that, he was handcuffed and escorted out of court yesterday morning, which was quite dramatic. The judge revoked bail, and they're going to decide on sentencing in March 11th. And just going back to the charges, there are actually more charges awaiting Mr. Weinstein in Los Angeles. Uh, We'll see how that pans out. What does this case say more largely about the Me Too movement? Yeah, I mean, what was interesting about this case and just in general sexual assault cases, which I've learned a lot about in the past few months that I didn't know about, was just, I mean, they're really, really hard to prosecute because these are often crimes that don't have much physical evidence A lot of times they took place years or decades ago even. So this case was actually very narrow and the charges were based on only two women. And it's just generally seems like the odds are really stacked against the prosecution or the accusers. So I think people were generally surprised and relieved, I guess, by this result, just given that this is the first big case or legal test we've had since the, it's been almost three years now since the Me Too movement began with those reports about Harvey Weinstein. I think what people are looking at is saying, like, well, like the world really has changed in some way in the past three years. Just the fact that they were able to find him guilty of these things when it was really a case of just these women's accounts against him. Back in November, Xerox launched a bold bid to acquire its much larger rival, HP, for more than $30 billion, including debt. The bid turned hostile when HP turned down the offer, and Xerox returned with the support of activist investor Carl Icahn and a new offer of $35 billion. Now, HP says it will explore a combination with Xerox. But it also said it has plans to return up to $16 billion to its shareholders in the next three years. It's about half of the California-based PC and printer maker's market capitalization. The move is widely seen as a way to block Xerox's latest offer, one in which Xerox went directly to HP shareholders for support. 
But HP Chief Executive Enrique Loras told the FT that it doesn't matter who buys what. Instead, he's just focused on creating value. HP said it would divert all of its free cash flow to share buybacks unless other opportunities emerged that had a higher return potential. Xerox shares were up nearly 3% in after-hours trading. Shares in HP were up more than 4%. The company also reported first-quarter earnings on Monday, which beat analyst expectations. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. How do you build a healthy city? I'm Shaw Brumley, the head of audio at the Financial Times. And that's the question we're tackling in a new six-part series. Cities are home to more than half the world's population. Billions of us are drawn to the hustle and bustle, to the excitement and opportunity they provide. But city dwellers also face a harmful mix of public health problems, like obesity, aging, and toxic levels of pollution. In this series, our editor of FT Health Reports, Darren Dodd, speaks to six FT journalists in cities around the world about the politicians, health experts, and local residents changing lives through creative interventions. From tackling loneliness in Copenhagen, I said to people, I am lonely. Help me. People don't hear it. To better urban planning in Singapore. It's also a sky garden in front of all this care center uh, where there's playground for the little children and fitness corner for the elderly. To overcoming fitness inequality in New York. Hypertension, diabetes, obesity. We need a space that is ours to do our healing. We show you how modern cities are the new battlegrounds for the creation of a healthier society. That's all in our podcast, How to Build a Healthy City. You can listen for free on FT.com, Apple Podcasts, Acast, or your podcatcher of choice. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.